Welcome to Beyond the Walls with Team World Vision. My name is Kelly Nadelborg, and I have the great pleasure of joining you this week as Lindsay takes a little vacation time with her family. Currently, I serve as the Senior Church Advisor for the State of Michigan and the Team World Vision Area Director for Grand Rapids and Detroit. And I just want to give a huge shout out right now to our Grand Rapids Marathon team who found out this week that our race is going virtual, but they are continuing to move their feet in fundraising and in training anyway, and I'm so proud of them for that. And I want to shout out the Detroit team that even in the middle of this crazy year of a global pandemic and economic uncertainty, they are $35,000 ahead of where they were at this time last year in fundraising. So that's awesome. I'm so proud of my two teams. Way to go, Grand Rapids. Way to go, Detroit. So proud of the mitten. This week, we're welcoming another incredible World Vision staffer, Ariana Altieri. Originally a Chicago native, Ariana just joined our team last fall, now serving as an event manager. She also recently moved to Nashville with her husband, Aaron, and has spent all her life in ministry. Today, Ariana is bringing us an incredible word and devotional that we hope you feel encouraged by. Wherever you are today, we're with you and we see you. so excited um, to be sharing a word today. Um, In all of the years that I have been sharing the gospel in some capacity, whether it's been leading a Bible study or teaching um, at a conference or whatever the case may be, there's usually this repertoire or folder of things or topics or stories within the Bible that I go back to. And I'm sure that a lot of gospel sharers will say the same thing, that we have our kind of heavy hitters, our pillar messages, um, and we tweak them to fit different uh, contexts and people groups and situations and sizes of audiences Um, they're our favorites and we know them well and we rework them. And because the word of God is so good and it's alive and it is never returned void, um, we can reuse those stories. But every once in a while, there's an exciting day like today where there is something new or there is something fresh, something that I haven't had the opportunity to share before, something that God has spoken to my heart specifically within a season or time. And then he provides the opportunity for me to share it with a larger group of people. It was a good word for just me and a good word um, for just me in this specific season in the last few months, in the last couple of years even. Um, but I'm so happy and really humbled that God has drawn it to the forefront today so that it could bless other people. I've been wrestling with this concept of or idea of testimony um, for years. It's it's formed my own life as a believer um, because it's something that I fought for. I grew up within the church. I grew up with um, pastor parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and family and friends. And when you're in a position like that, growing up within the church, a lot of eyes are on you. Friends of mine who grew up as pastor's kids as well. We call it this fishbowl effect that everybody's watching and paying attention and listening. So testimony is something that I felt that I fought for when I was younger. 
I fought for it because at first I didn't feel like there was anything important that I would have to say to the people of God because I didn't experience tons of hardship when I was young. It didn't start to happen until I was much older. And my decisions were left up to me. Um, and as a sinner, like all of us, I made some wrong ones. Then when I made the wrong ones, I felt like I had to fight for testimony because um it would reflect poorly on my parents or my family or my community if I admitted my own wrongdoing. How could she when she has led a good life, when she had parents like that, when she had family who loved her, when she knew all of the right things and started memorizing Bible verses when she was little. So testimony is something that I felt I've had to fight for, something that I've had to cling to. And when I finally felt like God set me free, And when it was time to share what he had done in my life, I haven't stopped since then. Testimony is a pillar of my life, so much so um, that it's something that I feel called to help others do, to formulate their own stories, their own testimonies in a way that always points back to Jesus. I have heard so many testimonies within my um, time as a believer. I have been responsible for them beyond just my own. So when I was um, in my college years, I always worked at our church's women's retreats. Um, there, we would go away to a campground for the weekend. There were just these beautifully intense services and classes um, and journeys that we would take with a few hundred women um, three times a year. And at the end of an experience like that, you always offer a time for volunteers to testify about their experience, to tell the rest of the group what God did in their lives. And I learned really quickly when I was a newbie to that team um, that there needs to be some structure to that time or else we'll talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and forget to point back to Jesus at the end of their story. So for example, we'd ask the question, so what did this retreat do for you? And tell them they had three minutes to talk. And they would start with, well, when I was 10 years old, right? Now that's already the wrong place to start. Because when we say, what did this retreat do for you? There were no 10-year-olds at the women's retreat. But somehow they'd reach far back there and then end up at seven and a half minutes telling the gist of their life story and wrap it up with some quick sentence at the end, never really getting to the meat and potatoes of the women's retreat, which was why we were asking them to testify. So eventually... I was assigned the task to hold the microphone on the stage during this time. And I'd keep my arm around the shoulders of a woman who was about to testify. I joke and tell her um, that I was going to pinch her shoulder or her back when she started to go over her time. And I reminded the women to keep it to a testimony about what happened during this time, these few days here at the Women's Retreat. What specifically? And I guided them through and it cleaned up the time so we could increase the amount of women that we're going to talk and testify. And I tell you that story 
because testimony is that important to me. And I feel sadly like we are living in a season or a time or a grouping of years where testimony is almost unwelcome. Where telling people about the good and the glory of God is hard because it feels like if I'm not calling someone out or calling someone up, then I'm not doing the right thing, at least not right now. There is no shortage of things to disagree on right now. Specifically within the body of Christ, there isn't a shortage. There isn't a shortage of things for us to fight about. There isn't a shortage of reasons for us to disagree. And it feels like if we aren't being argumentative or combative, then we should just be quiet. But is that true? Is that right? Is that what needs to happen in a time like this, in a time with turmoil, in a time where people are hurting, they're broken, they're oppressed, people are suffering job losses, people are suffering from different sicknesses, illnesses, people are losing family members and loved ones. The solid ground that we thought we were living our lives on it. It's not. It's not solid anymore. The economy isn't solid anymore. Our anxiety levels are at an all-time high. Is it wrong to testify right now to talk about the good? A couple of months ago, I had a chance to talk with a friend of mine who I hadn't seen in a very long time. And she's a newish mom with a baby girl under one year old. And I was asking her about motherhood, asking her about that journey. It wasn't an easy journey for her to become a mom. It was years of waiting, years of hardship and heartache. And now she gets to enjoy being a mother to a beautiful, juicy little baby girl. And she went on and on to my husband and I about how awesome her daughter is and how beautiful and how many teeth she's got coming and how she crawls around and they have to take all the valuable things off the floor now because she's all over the place. She sounded so full of joy. And she also shared how hard it has been for her during this season where she wants to shout from the rooftops of how good motherhood is, but she's so hyper aware that it isn't something that every woman gets to enjoy. That not everyone having a hard time is ever going to get to that point. Where they finally win a battle. Where they finally become a mother. Where they finally have a healthy baby. She said, you know, I, Ariana, I have a hard time talking about how great it's been. Because I know it's not great for everyone. And I remember... Um, a couple of years ago, having similar feelings, not about motherhood or about having a baby. But I remember just after I had gotten married, I reflected on so much of the unsolicited advice that people gave me when I had gotten engaged about how difficult marriage was, about how hard it was going to be, about how miserable the first year was for them and on and on and on about how hard and difficult and it's a fight and it's a battle and 
and I remember my first few months of marriage just being so fun and so good and I enjoyed it so much I didn't have any complaints we didn't have any big fights or blowouts and it's continually been that way two and a half years in it hasn't been hard sure life is hard but I have a partner so we attack it together but marriage itself hasn't been hard and I share with with my friend the new mom that we can't shy away from calling out the good and the glory of God because it isn't good for everyone at that one given time what hope is there for the person in difficulty if the people of God hide his goodness What encouragement is there for someone going through a difficult season if we are too afraid to say that God has been good to us? Right now, there's every reason to be quiet. There's every reason to feel like it's insensitive to talk about a good thing. I don't want to be insensitive to their journey. I don't want to be insensitive to what they're going through. And I think we do have to check our motives and ask the question, is this insensitivity or is this a moment to testify? And that's something that we can take to the Lord in prayer. God, should I be quiet about this? And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say, I'm going to share my opinion more often than not. It's time to testify. It's time to remind the world and the people in our lives that God is still in the business of doing good works. He's still in the business of doing miracles. He's still out there saving lost people. He's still out there healing wounds. He's still out there doing the miraculous thing. He's still out there providing when it feels like there's no resource left for us. He is still doing this. And it's going to take the people of God and a spirit of boldness and ownership of the testimonies God has written in our lives to bring the world back to order, to bring the people of the world back to where they need to be at the feet of Jesus. There's so much that's scary about testifying. There's so much that's scary. We're afraid that we're going to say the wrong thing. We're afraid that we can't live up to people's expectations. I know that that has been a huge part of my own life, my own journey, and my own formation. The questions that I ask God, like, God, I could testify about this thing, but then what if people start asking me more questions? I I'm not that articulate. I'm not going to be able to explain to them everything that they want to know. God, I could testify about this good thing that you've done, but I don't have the 10 steps to get there. I'm not really sure. It's by your grace. I don't know why you gave it to me and not to her or him. God, I I don't want to encounter that question. God, I'm... I'm not woke enough. I'm not that good of an ally yet. There's always going to be a reason why it shouldn't be you. There's always going to be a reason to leave testifying or talking about the goodness of God to the next person. 
but I I think about the story of the Samaritan woman and Jesus meeting her at the well in John chapter 4. And I'm just going to paraphrase it for now. Jesus is journeying with the disciples and he comes to a point where he's hungry and he sends all of the team to go get food and he hangs out at a well. And a woman from Samaria comes to that well by herself with a bucket to draw water. And he asks her for a drink. And uh, she can't believe that he asked her for a drink because Samaritan and Jews, they weren't exactly on the same page. They didn't like each other. There there was animosity there. And uh, how could you is the sentiment of what she said back to him. She explained, she reminded him why there shouldn't be an interaction between the two of them. And man, I will tell you that I have reminded Christ, I have reminded God over and over about why he shouldn't associate himself or his goodness with me. Well, Lord, I, I don't I don't know. I I don't know. You can forgive me today, but I'm probably just gonna mess up again tomorrow. The list is long of reasons that I've given Jesus of why I'm not worth saving or I'm not worth talking to. And she does this. She reiterates and repeats herself. And finally, he has to stop her. He has to stop her in her tracks. And he says to her something that there's no way a stranger could have known. He talks to her about her history with men, her long list of husbands tells her that the man that she's with right now isn't even her husband. And she's flabbergasted. She can't really comprehend. How could he know this? She says, I'm, I can see that you're a prophet. So now she, she recognizes that there's something special about this encounter. And he goes on to tell her who he is, that he's the Messiah. I am he, he says. And she leaves the place that she showed up to draw water with a bucket. She leaves her bucket there and she goes back to the town where she's from, to the other Samaritans. It's funny, one encounter with Jesus can quickly quickly make it so that we don't even remember the thing that we're looking for or that we're asking for or that we are in need of. And if we could just grasp that right there in this moment where our friends and our family, our communities, our acquaintances, our co-workers right now are all desperate for something. We're desperate for justice. We're desperate for change. We're desperate for healing. We're desperate for things to go back to normal. We're desperate for financial help and rescue. We're desperate for stability. We're desperate for so many things. We're seeking them out. We want them so badly. We need them. We can't go on without them like a person who is thirsty and does not have access to water. But one encounter with Jesus can send us running in the other direction, not even realizing we didn't get the physical thing that we were looking for in the moment. And that we don't need it anymore, man. If we, if we could just catch that right there, that an encounter with Jesus 
It can help you forget the thing that you think you need because you're walking away with even more. But that's not the point. That's not the point that I'm making with this story. But let's make sure that we hold that and that we keep that for another time. She goes back to the Samaritans and she she tells them, now remember who this woman was. This is a woman who went to the well to draw water alone, which is not customary. The women would go together at a different time of day, but she was by herself. So we can assume a few things as this, that she's ostracized, that other women don't like her because she's had so many husbands, that she's with someone who isn't her husband right now. We can assume a lot of things about this woman. So for every one of us who feels like, I'm probably not the one people want to hear about Jesus from because of my history, my past, my reputation. I am not good enough. Can you only imagine what a woman like this, an ostracized woman back then would be feeling as someone who now has the responsibility to go tell other people about having met the Messiah and how inadequate she feels? But we don't get that kind of insight into her thinking. She encounters the Christ and she runs back to her town and she tells them that she met a man who told her things there's no way that he could have known. And this is the point of this story for the people of God, I believe, and has changed even my own life. I have always been someone who wants to testify, but then I crumble under the pressure that I have to be capable of saving people. This is why I count myself out all the time. It's like, why? Why am I worthy? Why would I be the person that God calls to this, to this situation, to speak into this, to speak into this season or this time? Why would it be me? I I can't save anyone. Hey. What does the story say? It says that she goes back to the Samaritan. She says all these things about the man that she met in her encounter. She says, could this be the Messiah? And she doesn't have to save anyone because what her story does is it points the people in the direction of Jesus, the one who is capable of saving them, the one who doesn't have sin in his past that would negate the truth that he's trying to speak. All she has to do is point people in the direction of Jesus. And that's what her testimony does. It says that they went. They went to find this Jesus for themselves. We're walking around right now at this point in time in our society with heavy hearts. We're burdened for things that we didn't have to be burdened for for a really long time. We're burdened for injustice. We're burdened for the oppressed. We're burdened for racism. We're burdened for the people who are losing their jobs. We're burdened for the children who are vulnerable that we serve abroad who are having to deal with the ramifications of a pandemic who already had a lack of resources. Our hearts are heavy and they are burdened. But can you hear me right now when I tell you, you don't have to save anyone. You know the Savior, Jesus Christ. All we've got to do is get good at pointing the finger. 
And I don't mean in the way that we've seen in our social media feeds, in the headlines, in the news, in the debates or the arguments or the comment sections that are hostile. I don't mean pointing the finger in that way. If we could only grasp that our only responsibility right now is to point the finger in the direction of Jesus, that we're the holders and the keepers of the only answer to every question. The only answer to every question. We have to get good at calling out the good and the glory. We have to remember that that is what we're called to. It feels like if we're not calling someone out right now in this season, that we're not doing the right thing. But could I just encourage you to call out the good? To call out the glory of God? To testify about the good thing? That if you're a mom with a new and healthy baby, to not hide how good it is, to not be quiet about it in fear of hurting the woman who is waiting. If we could just remember that someone needs to be reminded of the hope. I'm someone who has stayed quiet about good things because I'm afraid. I'm afraid that people are going to judge. I'm afraid that people are going to think, well, how dare she talk about this thing when she knows that I'm having a hard time in this specific area or category of my life. And finally, when God spoke to me and said, Ariana, do not grow weary in doing good, in saying good, in calling out the things that I'm doing in your life. I struggled with this about marriage. I didn't want to tell people how good it was because I was afraid that it would just hurt them or make them feel bad about their own relationships and situations. And when I finally let that go and I followed the leading of the Holy Spirit to share and to testify about how good things could be, the outpouring of love and support and encouragement I received from people who just needed to be reminded that it can be good who are in the middle of a hard time within their lives talking about separation, talking about divorce, people who were single and avoiding marriage and relationships because they were so afraid that marriage would be bad for them. And I talked with these people and I heard over and over again, thank you for reminding me that God wants good things for me. I don't have to be so afraid anymore about what comes next in my relationship. It blew my mind. I I didn't think that was the direction that it was going to go. I didn't think that was the direction that it was going to go. If there is good in your life, there's a God reason. In Matthew we learn that, or we're reminded that a light isn't something that you put under a basket or that you hide. A light is something that you would put on a lampstand for all to see that would light the way for others. I understand that our friends and family and community and acquaintances, our coworkers, that we, me, that we're going through really, really hard things right now. We are. We're experiencing losses and fear and anxiety. We're 
unsure, we're devastated, we're brokenhearted, our, our hearts are heavy and they're burdened. So my God, what would the world look like right now? What would it look like right now if the people of God stood up and said, hey, I've got something good to say. I've got something good to share. I know the giver of good things. And I know what it feels like right now because I feel it too. Because I'm experiencing it too. Because I've experienced it in the past. But in that past moment, I then saw provision that I didn't know was coming, that I didn't know was possible. People of God, let's get good at pointing the finger at the giver of good things. Let's stop hiding the happy and stop hiding the hope from others. Let's check our motives. It's not about bragging. It's not about insensitivity. But if we could just wrap our heads around the fact that we don't have to carry the weight of the world. We aren't responsible for solving every problem. We aren't responsible for digging everyone out of the holes that they're in right now. But we do know in what direction to point people in the direction of Jesus. If we could take time to just reflect on a time when Jesus showed up somewhere that we, we didn't think that he would in our own lives. And formulate a little story or idea or a couple of sentences or notion that we could share with someone that would remind them of hope. That would remind them that God is still doing miracles. Thank you for joining us this week. We hope you feel empowered and encouraged by these words today. Remember, God is making a way and specifically making a way through you. If you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share. We'll see you next week.